I asked Michael why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers, and he told me to shut the fuck up. So that, that was the end of that talk. From Chicago, this is The Unenthusiastic Critic, a podcast about destroying your marriage one movie at a time. everyone and welcome to the unenthusiastic critic i'm michael mcdonough i write about film and television at unaffiliatedcritic.com with me today because she don't want to miss a thing is my lovely wife nakia also known as the unenthusiastic critic hello (laughs) on today's episode nakia and i are sitting down for her first viewing of michael bay's armageddon from 1998 nakia what do you know about armageddon uh, more than I have ever wanted to know about Armageddon. I believe it is Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis as astronauts sure, for some reason. Sort of. um, and then I think the biggest sort of cultural osmosis moment was the Aerosmith song, <laughs> Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Uh-huh. Because I'm pretty sure it played for, it felt like it played for my entire high school career. Obviously that could not have happened, but it it felt like one of those songs that just would not uh, die. Yeah. So you would have been about 16 yeah. when this movie so came out. So any sort of prom or, <laughs> you know, junior prom or Sadie Hawkins, any kind of dance mm-hmm. that would have been the closing It's a good last dance number, dance, sure. Sure, mm-hmm. for people who are making lifetime commitments with someone who they are never going to see again. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry, is that, are you presenting that as a bug or a feature of of the film Armageddon? It was a bug of my life (laughs) because I cannot hear that song. You're not an Aerosmith fan? I I actually enjoy Aerosmith. Uh That is not one of their better songs. I prefer, you know, my 80s sort of coked out Aerosmith. I don't, this like soft romantic, like I'm not into Mm, it. So, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Okay, so this is the part of the episode where I attempt to justify... And you're not going to be able to. Why we're watching. You're not going to be able to. Armageddon. And I admit it's going to be a challenge this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last week, I said that we were doing Armageddon in honor of Labor Day. And I said that all laborers (laughs) should whoop your ass for that. Which which was, to be fair, uh, total bullshit. Yes. I mean, we're we're doing Armageddon basically because I thought it would be fun to con you into watching Armageddon. Mm -hmm. That's really why we do most things here at The Unenthusiastic Critic. Yes. Uh, But I didn't pull that assertion completely out of my ass either. In her essay, introducing the film for the Criterion Collection. No. Yes. No. Yes. Armageddon (laughs) is in the motherfucking Criterion Collection. What is the criteria for the Criterion Collection, please? (laughs) Film scholar Janine Basinger writes, Although it qualifies as a science fiction disaster movie, I see it as an epic form of the old Warner Brothers movies about working class men who have to step up and rescue a situation through their courage, true grit, and knowledge of machines. This film makes these ordinary men noble, lifting their efforts up into an epic event. Here, working men are not only saving the overeducated scientists and politicians who can't do anything, and who probably went to Yale and Harvard, but incidentally the entire population of the planet. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's so. See, this is a movie about blue collar working right. class. Yes. Mm-hmm. American heroes. Not those elites living on that's the coasts. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's, a, that's some red state shit right there. And I think there's a long tradition of these movies, right? Especially in sci-fi and horror. Sure. We got Alien was about hardworking blue collar heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Thing, one of our favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kurt Russell and the boys fighting the alien monster. Um, uh, James Cameron's The Abyss, like this movie is, about oil workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a long, proud tradition here, of which Armageddon is part. I'm still not buying it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I think this will probably be part of our conversation about where the appeal of this movie lies Mm -hmm. but certainly i think that's an aspect of it one suspects that if harvard educated scientists were the heroes of this movie it might not have been so popular Um, isn't that what's wrong with us though (laughs) well that's how i have a feeling this conversation is gonna go maybe we should be saying Uh harvard scientists (laughs) are worthy of an epic film in fact, on the commentary track for Armageddon, and I want to make it clear here, I will link to an article that discusses the commentary track. I have not actually sat down and listened to the commentary track myself. Mm-hmm. But Michael Bay apparently quotes a lesson he says he learned from his grandfather, which is, you can make money if you sell stuff to middle America. So it's a fucking con job. See, this is... Okay, see, this is what's wrong with our entire political system right now. They're shoveling you shit that they think that you want to hear all about, oh, it's about the American worker, oh, it's about rural America, oh, it's not about the elite coast. They don't actually care about you. It's a fucking scam to get your money. (laughs) And it works. (laughs) Because there is no denying that Michael Bay makes money. Yeah, he does make money. Bay has to date directed 13 movies, which have grossed a staggering $6.4 billion worldwide. That's disgusting. That's an average of about half a billion dollars per movie. And that is despite, or possibly because of, these movies having a cumulative average critical score of 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. Question, how much has he donated to the oil workers? I would have to I would have to mm-hmm. look that okay. up for you. I would have to look that up. I don't think boxofficemojo.com lists that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, yeah. but I, I'll try to do some research Got on it. that before the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, Armageddon was Michael Bay's third movie after, I think, the only one you've seen, which is Bad Boys. I have seen Bad Boys. Uh, and The Rock was his second movie. With that. two of your favorites, Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Oh, God. So maybe we should put that on the list do too. They what just, do you like, think? Fall off a mountain for two hours? That would be awesome. <laughs> just them perpetually tumbling down <laughs> on a loop. I totally watch that. Smashing into the rock. <laughs> That would be a great movie. Uh, and all of that was with producer Jerry Bruckheimer, who is familiar to you from Pop Gun. Oh, God. In the early days of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of testosterone Americana going on <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. Armageddon made over $200 million domestically, making it the number two movie of 1998 after saving Private Ryan. Adjusted for inflation, that's Harry Potter or mid-tier Marvel movie kind mm-hmm. of money. I always like to put these things into context for you with movies that you actually like. Okay. So from uh, 1998, it made nearly twice as much as Mulan, (laughs) five times as much as Practical Magic. Oh, no! (laughs) And more than 12 times as much as The Big Lebowski. Oh, that's a crime. (laughs) That is a crime. Uh, Worldwide, Armageddon made over $550 million. Oh, my God. 
And as I said, this despite some pretty terrible reviews. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert, who put Armageddon on his most hated list, wow. gave it one star. Armageddon reportedly used the services of nine writers, Roger wrote. Why did it need any? <laughs> he called it an assault on the eyes, the ears, the brain, common sense, and the human desire to be entertained. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was salty. <laughs> Joe Morgenstern at the Wall Street Journal said it managed to redefine, downwards, the standard for summer stupidity. Tim Brayton at Alternate Ending says virtually nothing happens, and it happens at the most unrelenting speed. This is impressive. I like that one. This is impressive. All right. (laughs) On the other hand, and getting closer to the dubious but undeniable appeal of such movies, here's Michael O'Sullivan at the Washington Post. The nearly three-hour film is (laughs) is emotionally and physically exhausting. It's an intensely visceral pleasure not unmixed with pain, like the multiple G-force acceleration experienced by an astronaut during liftoff. Armageddon peels your eyelids back and blows your eardrums out until rational analysis is moot. The special effects are stupendous and the suspense is palpable. By the film's ending, you may resent the fact that every imaginable button of yours has been pushed raw, but you will be powerless to lift a finger to stop it. I'm not interested in doing this. (laughs) None of that. I'm not interested in any of that. Why ever not, dear? I don't need my eyelids pulled back or my eardrums blown out. I think you do. By mediocrity. Like, I'm just not... (laughs) No, thank you. You will be powerless to stop it. I feel like I do, like I have a power button and I can just turn it off. (laughs) And and here is is Michael Bay himself discussing this movie. Because we care. Armageddon is like a total fantasy for a 15-year-old. It's funny when the critics try to review Armageddon. I mean, relax, it's a popcorn movie. It's not supposed to be taken seriously. It's a fantasy world. People, like critics especially, they take movies too seriously. I mean, how are you going to compare Armageddon to Schindler's List? You've got like... Who's doing that? You've got like an opera against rock and roll music. You've got the reviewer from the classical section reviewing Armageddon. It's like, dude, wake up. You know what I mean? Um, So it's, I mean, Armageddon, when I look at it now, it's like a comedy. It's like a fantasy comedy, all right? There were no words in that. Those sentences were not. So just relax. It's a strong argument. Just relax. Nobody Don't said take it, it too seriously. List. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess here's one of my questions, too. Is there any value to this? Don't you just sometimes want to watch a big, dumb movie in which stuff blows up? Sure. But I think big, dumb movies, I have to like the person. Like, I have to like the actors. They have to be actors that I don't mind spending two and a half hours with. And I don't mind that the the script and the writing is dumb just because I want to spend two and a half hours with this I mean, recently we watched uh, Point Break. Yes. Which is a pretty big, dumb movie. Pretty big, dumb movie. But philosophical. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Patrick Swayze was on some deep shit in that movie. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. There was was an ethos there Mm. that you had to respect. So I I would argue that it's actually not dumb. (laughs) But yeah, so I enjoy spending time with Keanu and Patrick Swayze Mm -hmm. and their very taut young bodies. I have no interest in spending any time with Ben Affleck or Bruce Willis. (laughs) And I think Armageddon is probably closer to a film also from the Bruckheimer school, though not a Michael Bay production, that you and I have watched called Con Air. Which I hate. (laughs) 
<laughs> I despise and you love and quote. But this is the thing. Freely. It's pretty undeniably a terrible movie. Yes. And yet I will watch it just about every time I come across it. Again. And, and, it's, and it's kind of fun. No, uh, see, it's just so dumb. It's It becomes fun. No, again, I think the only saving grace of that film is Nicholas Cage. No. Saying Mal- put no. the bunny down. No. Is no. funny. Nicholas Cage is not. No, it is Malkovich <laughs> bringing all his Malkovich gravitas to the terrible writing of that film. That's the only saving grace. <laughs> Otherwise, no. And there again, we got Bubba Grump shrimps in there dying like, for the second time. <laughs> like I just from diabetes of all things. So no, I just no. So it depends. It is totally it lives or dies on the strength of the persona at the center of it for me mm-hmm. and oftentimes those are people i do not want to spend any time with okay so keanu reeves in a big dumb movie patrick swayze, okay sure. patrick yeah. swayze in a big dumb movie okay sure not so much nicholas cage no not so much bruce willis no ben affleck i don't get ben affleck is the like i don't he is a void I do not understand how he has a career. Mm-hmm. I have never seen him and said, oh, that's why anyone pays attention to you. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I do not understand. It's something of a mystery. He just looks like some regular dude from Boston. I don't, who, like, I don't know that it's a mystery. I don't think some, I can help you with that. I don't have an answer But he was like fucking that. Batman, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he. Like yeah. he's had some, some pretty high profile roles and I don't, I do not understand the appeal. I think it probably started, I think before this movie, I think he had done Goodwill Hunting and that Kevin Smith movie. Clerks? Uh, no. Chasing Amy. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, it was. Not good. But I think that's what he had done before Armageddon mm-hmm. made him a dubious action star which i think is a gift michael bay has so let's talk about michael bay for a minute okay he started out in commercials not surprisingly in fact he won a clio for directing the first got milk commercial ah. the classic aaron burr commercial that was a michael bay production mm-hmm. and music videos of course he started out in including a couple of meatloaf videos <laughs> i would do anything for love uh tina turner's love thing and the i touch myself video really yes okay i mentioned these assuming they mean something to you i don't <laughs> know these videos off the top of my head i had heard of them so these mm-hmm. are the ones i've listed mm-hmm. And then, of course, he directed Bad Boys. That was his first movie. And interestingly, apparently Bad Boys was originally slated to be a John Lovett's Dana Carvey movie. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> that would have been terrible. <laughs> and Michael Bay was the one who cast uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith says it was Bay's idea to have him run down the street. In slow motion in with slow his shirt motion open. In slow motion with his shirt open. Ridiculous. That Bay had to talk him into it that he did not want to do that. And here's what Smith says. He said, I was like, come on, man, that's just on the edge of corny. Passage. And he said, that's the thing about Bay. He says, he can take things like that you'd think of as corny and make it super galactic iconic. <laughs> that was the moment for me where I learned how important single images are. Super galactic. That single image took me from a comedic television actor to a potential movie star. The scripts that I started to get offered changed dramatically. It was the first time that I heard women react to me with an audible gasp. There was a transformation from the cute guy next door who could make you laugh to a guy who might be able to handle himself in a bar fight and a bedroom. Negro! 
grown, please. Like, really? <laughs> oh my lord. Okay, sure. Oh, because Michael Bay shot him in slow motion running down the street with his shirt open. And all Martin Lawrence got was like nostril. It was all no- <laughs> that was all his acting right there was in the nostrils. Okay, all right, sure. Fine. That's fair. That was it Yeah, is, Martin Lawrence didn't get Independence no, Day coming out of that no, movie. He didn't, because it was all just like all of the tension was in the nostrils. <laughs> but that's fair. That is fair. That's I can see that, that it it is it was a defining moment in that film. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it did change. So I think I mean I think this is something we should talk about after we after we watch the movie is, you know, Michael Bay, is he the devil? which has been proposed mm-hmm. is he there's a there's a certain serious contingent that argues that michael bay is an american auteur mm-hmm. who has revolutionized film editing for better or worse I, I think we should talk about that after we watch this movie what we think but i don't know what the definition of an auteur is but certainly you can watch 30 seconds of a michael bay movie and know exactly who directed it mm-hmm. um, now what it's in service to is another matter whether you think that's good i guess <laughs> is another matter and there is you know differing opinions on this roger ebert called armageddon a 150 minute trailer which is Fair, but Variety senior film critic Peter DeBruge sees that sort of as a feature, not a bug. Mm -hmm. He says, every moment is heightened as if in a movie trailer. Trailers run two and a half minutes and feature the best part of the movie. They're the best shots, the best effects, the most thrilling moments, the zinger lines. If you look at a Michael Bay movie, you're watching two and a half hours of money shots and quotable taglines. Every shot is designed to send tingles up your spine. When I watch a Michael Bay feature, I feel like I'm watching a full-length trailer... He manages to sustain that level of breathtaking awe for feature length and then some. See, here's the thing with trailers. (laughs) Yes. Oftentimes when I see them, particularly trailers of this style, I say, yeah, I'm not going to go see that. (laughs) So I definitely don't want to watch two and a half hours of, yeah, I don't want to see that. No, spine tingling and button pushing. It's definitely not going to be that way. I can guarantee you that I will not be Your buttons are going to be pushed. Your awe is going to be inspired. And your, what was the other? Oh, your spine is going to be tingling. My spine is going to be tingling. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds like meningitis. Of (laughs) Which no one wants to have meningitis. So I don't know why. No, thank you. So you're you're looking forward to this one? I'm not. I'm really not. I have no interest in anyone that's involved in it. I don't. The story sounds ludicrous. So I just (laughs) I have no interest in watching Armageddon. Excellent. (laughs) So let's uh, let's go watch Armageddon. All All right. Life is short. I love you. Love is forever. Will you marry me? Gracie grew up to become a full-blown hottie. You're talking about my little girl, all right? But you never know what the future holds. Until it hits. A meteor shower. This new one you're tracking. How big? It's what we call a global killer. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. The United States government just asked us to save the world. Anybody want to say no? You think we'll get hazard pay out of this? They'll do it. They've made a few requests, though. Such as? Oscar here has got some outstanding parking tickets. Uh, Max would like you to bring back eight-track tapes. Not sure if that's going to work. Yeah, one more thing. Um, None of them want to pay taxes again. Ever. United States astronauts train for years. You have 12 days. 
You stick that in me, I'm gonna stab you in the heart with it. On July 1st. Tell me you've never let anybody down before. I never quit yet. How's that? Earth's darkest day. How you feeling? Good. Considering I've never been this scared in my entire life. Will be man's finest hour. I'm marrying you. You bet you are. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Billy Bob Thornton. Liv Tyler. Ben Affleck. Will Patton. Steve Buscemi. Whoa! This is so much fun, it's freaky! All the time in the world. We have 18 minutes to zero barrier. He's all they've got. We all gotta die, right? I'm the guy who gets to do it saving the world. we're back during the break nikki and i watched armageddon and there was a period of about i think it was an hour or more after we watched the movie in which you were not talking to me and then for about another hour after that it was pretty much just surly monosyllabic replies and i'm not sure what that was about really Mm -hmm. do you want to open up about your experience were you just overwhelmed with emotion? If that emotion is anger, sure. Anger at... You for... Injustice. Bringing it into my life. <laughs> anger at asteroids. The, what I'm sure is lifelong damage to my eardrums. <laughs> what? It's not a funny joke. And <laughs> anger at the amount of money this film made. <laughs> Uh, Tw 12 times what the Big Lebowski made. Yeah, got that. Yeah, just general anger at the waste of my time. Um, so many things to be angry at. So you enjoyed every one of the 150 minutes of Armageddon. What about what I just said expresses enjoyment? I wasn't really listening, to be I honest. I didn't think so, yeah, because you watch Michael Bay films. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> It was an assaultive experience, not in any sort of positive way. The very... Wait, I'm sorry. Are there positive ways to have an assaultive experience? I mean, I imagine, like, I feel like some of the critics use that terminology, like, oh, it is, it's an assault to your eyes and ears and brain, and that's awesome, and I just didn't, I don't I mean, Roger that. Ebert said that, but he did not mean it awesome. as a compliment. But I think one of the ones that you read in there was like, that's a, a, a good thing. Okay. Hmm. Sure. I don't know. It's... The best thing I can say about it is that it is the cinematic equivalent of a tilt-a-whirl in that there is design there. There is quote-unquote artistry there. Otherwise, all the cars would just be banging into each other and it wouldn't, it wouldn't function, right? <laughs> but it makes you want to vomit and it's not actually fun after about five minutes. Um, Millions of people enjoy the tilt-a-whirl. I don't really think that many people enjoy the tilt-a-whirl. And, you know, you get jerked around and you bang your head against the, like, metal things because it's just, they're not up to code in any kind of real way. So it's just, it was, it was not an enjoyable experience for me. No. I see. Okay. Well, that's disappointing because I really, really expected you to like this No, you one. didn't. You specifically picked this because you knew I would hate it. That was your whole purpose going into this. Armageddon was nominated for four Oscars. How is that? For what? Visual effects, sound, sound effects editing, and, of course, 
best song. That is quite possibly the worst Aerosmith song in their entire catalog. Number one. Number two, best sound. All it is is just loud. There's no <laughs> distinction. There's no, there's no, it's just loud. So I don't think that that's warranted at all. Effects, I may give you. It was the, this is what, 98? 98. So right. it, it looked decent. It wasn't yeah. embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the quick cuts and edits yeah. made a lot of the action indiscernible to the point where right. I didn't even realize that Owen had died until his fucking picture showed up at the wedding. And I was like, oh, yeah, what the fuck happened to Owen? So, no, I I, I disagree. I think, yeah, I think you must not have been paying attention. I was, though. And you just couldn't tell. You couldn't tell which you, of the you two shuttles. You missed that three quarters of a second yeah. shot of Owen Wilson lying dead. Yeah, I, I missed that. cracked open. Right, because it's hard to tell who people are when they're yeah. they just that's, when they're, it's dark as shit. That's the Michael Bay. Okay. Autorist right. style is mm-hmm. the a cut about every second and a half. Yeah, but it's hard to mourn someone when you don't know that they have died. <laughs> so it's a shame because they were all such emotionally complex characters uh-huh. too. Uh, so yeah, the the film did not actually win any Oscars, not okay. even for Aerosmith. Sadly, uh, it was slightly more successful at that year's Razzies, however, mm-hmm. where it was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst Supporting Actress, Worst Screen Couple, and Worst Original Song. Uh, and it was one of three terrible movies that year that earned Bruce Willis a much-deserved Worst Actor Award. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this was, of course, one of two killer asteroid movies that came out that summer. Oh, okay. Uh, Deep Impact was seen. the other one. Okay. And Deep Impact is, as we put these two movies side by side, Deep Impact is the more serious one, <laughs> the more realistic one, the more emotionally mature one. Uh-huh. Um, I do not think Deep Impact is a great movie either. Okay. It is, I guess, a slightly more serious movie than this is. That is the one, by the way, that has Morgan Freeman as president. Ah. That's in case you were looking for that in this one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Who was the president here? I didn't recognize that. Okay. Some, some, Some white dude. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Deep Impact is a great movie either, and I suspect of the two, probably Armageddon is the one that's going to last, just because I do think it's a bit more fun than Deep Impact is. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, But they both contain a lot of the same beats, and in fact, the screenwriter of Deep Impact, Bruce Joel Rubin, has claimed that they basically stole Armageddon from him, that he had taken a meeting on something else at Disney and had described this project that he was working on, Mm -hmm. and he said he saw a Disney executive furiously taking notes on this idea that then turned up as Armageddon. To be fair, is there a whole lot to do with asteroid movie? (laughs) Well... It's a boxing picture. There are also (laughs) reports that Michael Bay snuck into Paramount Studios and stole dailies from Deep Impact so he could just find out what the other killer asteroid movie was doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And still ended up with this so These are the, the famous killer asteroid wars of, of 1998. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Could have gone and talked to a scientist. Well, I mean, this is, of course, practically a documentary. It was all very meticulously researched. Mm-hmm. It was all based on hard science. Nope. Physics. No. <laughs> None of those things were at play in this film. First and foremost, if there's an asteroid the size of Texas that's about 18 days away... <laughs> Uh-huh. It would be blighting out our sky. It would. You would just look up and be like, "Oh, that's not supposed to be there. That looks odd." Why is 
Texas overhead. You wouldn't really be able to keep that a secret. Mm-hmm. So the the premise alone is a problem. <laughs> It's also, uh, as long as you're in that neighborhood, proving that academics have way too much time on their hands. There was a study in 2011 by four postgraduate physicists, students, physics students, whatever, (laughs) at the University of Leicester. This is what happens when you watch Michael Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Who determined that to blow up an asteroid the size of Texas, the bomb would need to be approximately one billion times more powerful than the most powerful bomb ever designed by human beings. And to then have the debris... This was something Roger Ebert pointed out in his review. He said, okay, so you got a thing the size of Texas, you blow it up. Perfectly What if there's a piece the, the size of Austin, say, left over? Isn't that still kind of a problem? Apparently not. But no, they just they just missed yeah, the Earth. Yeah, because physics. All together. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay, but we are jumping way too far ahead. That is the end of the movie. I mean, but it's the uh, one of the huge problems. <laughs> A movie that is so disdainful... <laughs> Of science and the professionalization of science and and academics, I just and you just there's fire in outer space. That that <laughs> it doesn't you can't do it. So much fire you can't do it. <laughs> this is something actually that uh, Michael Bay mentioned on the commentary track. Of I believe he, did. he basically said, "Fuck you! It's a cool movie." <laughs> what he said was. I know there's no fire in space, but it's a movie, and most people don't know that. So apparently, most people don't know that there's no fire in space. So again, insulting your audience, (laughs) I'm going to assume that you're So the intellectual elites who know that there is no fire in space are going to have a... I mean, the Neil deGrasse Tyson's, obviously. No, 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 this is not intellectual. The eggheads. Did you take a science class (laughs) in junior high or high school? You do not need a PhD. You do not need to be uh, an astrophysicist to, to oxygen. Key elements. <laughs> so don't act like this is some advanced science that most people aren't going to know. And if most people do not know that fire is not possible in outer space, we have a serious, serious problem. Well, we do. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Well, no, it's not beside the point because I think actually movies like this probably contribute no, to the yes, problem. exactly. But. Okay. I, th- I think we should just sort of go through this movie a little bit. There's so much to talk about. Is there? There are so many iconic moments. That's a weird word. Powerful moments. Also not a word I would use. <laughs> uh, moments? There are moments. Okay, good. Sure. It we, is we can agree film that. film full of moments. A film full of moments. Yes. That would look good in a music video mm-hmm. or a long distance commercial. Mm-hmm. Precious moments. Yes. I hate this film this much. (laughs) I think it sets an excellent tone that it starts with narration by Charlton Heston. I think that's the exact right voice for this. Mm -hmm. Explaining to us how the dinosaurs died. Which I'm actually surprised that they recognize as real science. That was positive. Because I I would not have... I'm not sure that Charlton Heston actually believes that... Believes that there were... (laughs) I'm not sure that he believes in the sort of... 65 million years ago. I I would question that. But, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was... Yeah. One good thing that it did was that it, it it asserted the fact that there was an asteroid that hit the Earth 65 million years ago. At that and then I, and then we have, I think, one of the great title cards in movie history of the 65 million years later. In case you were confused. Yeah, I think it's comparable. I think it's right up there with that cut in 2001 mm-hmm. when, you know, the monkey throws the bone up and then we're in space. I think it's... no. Equally artistic. It was be as if the monkey took a shit in that moment. (laughs) 
and then Kubrick zoomed in on the shit. And then there was a title card that says, and then the monkey shat. That would be the level of our shoes. With 17 cuts. With 17 cuts <laughs> of the shit. Of the and for shit. some reason, the shit's on fire. We don't know why. <laughs> no one knows. But that's okay. <laughs> but you forgot there's also the title that explodes. Armageddon comes in and the title explodes. Oh, that goes without saying. Everything explodes. I just... Everything explodes. And if, God forbid, we have seven minutes in which nothing does explode, we can count on. It's like someone who just discovered PowerPoint and that, like, star wipe feature. And every slide is a fucking uh, star wipe. And you're just like, not everything warrants the star wipe. You're overusing it. It's you can't le- you le- can't overuse the star wipe. Except that you can. No. Because it's... There is no such thing as too much star wipe. I would argue one star wipe is too much star wipe. <laughs> but continue. Yes. 65 years later. Okay. So then, then we're in the present day. Uh-huh. Uh, we see we see the, the space shuttle explode because it gets hit by a bunch of shit. What? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I don't... So... <laughs> <laughs> this whole vowel noises. I just, because there's so much wrong. So this whole film really is an indictment of NASA and the idea of like smart people, smart people yes. and the sciences. Smart people are useless. This fucking huge ass meteor shower just comes out of nowhere and no, no sensors or anything picked that up or saw that coming. It's fine to say we couldn't have done anything to prevent it, but it was like, oh, where the fuck did all these rocks come from? What, what, what was that? It's like, and then it's like, oh, yeah, well, we only had money to look at this part yeah. of the sky and not that part of the sky. Well, that part apparently is true. But, I mean, I think in the other killer asteroid movie, Deep Impact, I think they detect it all like a year right, cause you ahead do. of time. Because you right? do. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't just surprise right. you. It's not a spring shower. It's it's, it's not it's a stealth just, no. comet. It didn't sneak up there on us. There were millions of rocks flying at yeah. the right, So mm-hmm. I just... So already I was annoyed, but okay, continue. Yeah. Uh, and then we're we're in New York City. Yes, and we watch it get rained on. Mm-hmm. First, we meet the ever-present disaster relief black comic who <laughs> shucks and jives on the scene for like five minutes before I, he I, either dies. I had or a hunch you were gonna have some things to say about some of the racist. But, there's like a parade so of racist caricatures that I can't even. Going on. Eddie Griffin is just including the Asian couple in the cab, who? one of whom is in fact Long Duck Dong. Is that that is Long I Duck Dong? I didn't even recognize him. Oh my god, that's candles. a problem. Yes. Yeah. And it's the, like, broken English, we want to go shopping. Yeah. And it's just like, that's a problem. <laughs> and so Michael Bay doesn't do just the one coon. He does two and brings in Hanging with Mr. Cooper as the cab driver doing his little skit. And it's just terrible. So it's just, so you're going to just double down on that stereotype yeah. and then we will mm-hmm. never see them again. Okay, got it. After you also do this terrible, horrible Orientalist sort of scene. It's just bad. And then somehow also making fun of like I guess the gentleman was supposed to be Hawaiian or something Samoan because then there's a joke about pineapples and so this is the guy by the way there's a little meta in joke there that's the guy selling the Godzilla stuff that the dog attacks yes the Matthew Broderick version of Godzilla came out that same summer that Armageddon came out. Oh, that was supposed to be a burn. And they obviously knew that there was going to be, there was like, oh, they're going to be our competition. So we're actually going to put a scene in the movie shitting on Godzilla. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So just dick swinging all over the place yeah. unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. All right. Well, yeah, that was a waste. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so we watch New York basically crumble. 
Yeah, these are the scenes that, you know, three years later on September 11th, when people said, it looks like a disaster movie. This is pretty much the movie they yeah. were talking about. And we in fact, see there are, you know, one of the Twin Towers has we been We see hit. the Twin Towers smoking yeah. and yes, all of that stuff. Yeah. And then NASA is still apparently like trying to figure out if we're being attacked or something by foreign. Yes, I believe hanging with Mr. Cooper says Saddam Hussein is bombing us, uh-huh. I think is his, yeah. his uh, assumption. But no, some guy with a telescope and a happy marriage has, has discovered the comet. Yeah. Asteroid. And he wants to name it after his wife. <laughs> because. She's a hateful person that <laughs> she's will a, never die. Or life-sucking yeah. bitch from mm-hmm. whom there is no escape. Yeah. Yes. It's a sweet, sweet moment. He has a lovely vision of America. <laughs> Michael Bay does? Yeah. Mm. So what are we going to do? We need a plan. Yeah, so we get a room full of, I guess they're, we're supposed to think they're eggheads. Over-caffeinated um, scientist types. Talking about all their science solutions that, you know, Billy Bob Thornton just sort of rolls his eyes at and says, you know, we need some new ideas and all of these PhDs and ridiculous number of years <laughs> of experience just aren't going to do. No. <laughs> not going to not gonna work. What we need is to bring in the world's best deep core driller. Well, that's because Jason Isaacs tells us. Yes, hello to Jason Isaacs. Hello to Jason Isaacs. That, that that's what we need. That we need to blow the thing up from the inside mm-hmm. out. Sure. Um, and that the president's advisors are wrong. Yeah. That you can't just you know shoot it or whatever it is that they wanted to do. So you get NASA scientists against the military against the president. There's all kinds of just fuck authority moments here that really make you feel good about this country. Yeah. So we got to go get some drillers. Right. But first we get the most cliched moment of every disaster film, which is some dork running into the conference room with a piece of paper that's like breaking news. (laughs) We just found this out and I had to run over here to share it with you. Mm -hmm. No one's ever run into a conference meeting that I've been. And granted, I am not in very high stakes. You're not really in those meetings, are you? But I would just really love. You're not in the we have 18 days left to save the world meetings. Sprint into a conference room in the middle of the meeting and say the email is down. (laughs) you have until lunch (laughs) well that's actually the only reason to to sprint into the because i mean mean, basically you could just pick up the phone and call it's probably faster than running down the hallways with a piece of paper say oh yeah hey we got that it's uh, 18 days we got 18 days they also had apparently a big ass countdown clock in the conference room that you just could have said it that's that's a good point what do you suppose that clock was doing last week don't know (laughs) there are so many countdown clocks in this film I just, it's, it's kind of, there, amazing. there are a lot of questions like it's that kind of in this amazing. movie about, yes, why that thing is there. We'll yeah. get to some more of those. Okay. And then we cut to the uh, world's best deep core driller mm-hmm. on his oil rig. Mm-hmm. This is Harry Stamper played by the inimitable Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. whom we encounter first hitting golf balls at a Greenpeace boat. At a Greenpeace boat. Yeah. Yeah. Because fuck the environment. <laughs> I'm drilling oil. Fuck those hippie tree huggering. So it's hard for me to be on his side. Uh-huh. No, Part- no, that's supposed to get you on his side right Particularly away. post this Deep is, Water Horizon. I feel you were the audience for this movie, and this was designed to get you that on Harry Stamper's side. has poisoned our ecosystem forever to the tune of billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little hard to say, oh yeah, fuck Greenpeace. <laughs> no. Deepwater Horizon. You want to talk about some real shit that happened? Real science? And that happened for real. So, yes, he is hitting golf balls at Greenpeace 
and I believe it's what's that band? It's like the song that everybody plays when it's like supposed to be some sort of fuck off character. Um, I, uh, did, I, I, I didn't even notice the song. It's a what's the dude with the beards? <laughs> They're like three white dudes with long beards. ZZ Top? Yes, it's a ZZ Top song. So, yes, so that's how we know that he's, you know, oh, fuck the police or whatever. And then we meet Ben Affleck, who's just, his face is tiring. He's just, <laughs> his whole persona is just so tiring to me. I just what, do you ha- what do you have against Ben Affleck? Because he's nothing. I do not understand the appeal. He lacks charisma. I, I do not understand why that gentleman has a job in film. Okay. And so a whole film built around him being... <laughs> The hero or romantic interest is really difficult for me. So interesting note on that point. Apparently, 90% of the love story was added late in the process. It was a late decision to ramp up the love story based on the success of Titanic, which had come out while Armageddon was in production. Because one of the things that made Titanic such a success was the Leo Kate love story. If that was a love story, she would have scooted her ass over on that damn door girls went to she would have made some Titanic space on the times. door that's a love story scoot the fuck over well she didn't love him that much so i mean she I just, she just met him in she just met him like a couple okay but dude, we're making it this huge love story. It's just, it's not, like no. and also she was a first class customer he was like steerage so but they were in love yeah but that doesn't mean she was going to give him a place on her door so that's not love that's what i'm saying Okay, we're not talking about we that piece of shit movie. We're talking about this piece of shit movie. We idolized some weird shit. What I'm saying is they ramped up all of the That was a poor choice love because story he cannot, scenes. he does not have the range. He brings absolutely nothing to the screen. You just want to punch him. So I don't know. And Liv Tyler's gorgeous, mm. which this film knows very clearly because it's very Liv Tyler close up being pouty. Her outfits were weird in this movie. She dressed like the hostess of a bad Chinese restaurant. It was the 90s. It, people were doing like the chopsticks in the hair thing with the, the dresses. And that was okay? It was, I mean, no, it wasn't okay, but, you know, we weren't quote unquote woke yet. So no, it wasn't okay. Yeah, okay. But we also still have people wearing native headdresses to fucking Coachella. <laughs> so anyway, so he finds out that... Ben Aff- AJ, Ben Affleck's character, has been sleeping with his daughter. He's been drilling. Sorry, you're, you're waiting to make that joke, were you? I really wasn't. He's the best driller in town. Yeah. Uh, his his uh, daughter, Grace, played by Liv Tyler, and then proceeds to take a... In another scene that I'm pretty sure is supposed to endear us to him. Shotgun mm-hmm. and shoots, chases AJ all around the rig and just wildly shoots buckshots mm-hmm. at him on an oil rig. Yeah. Or I'm pretty sure. I think that is actually how the Deepwater Horizon you don't spill happened. Want to do that? I, I think that's actually what happened. Mm-hmm. So that's this is all comedy. Is it? Yeah, I didn't this laugh. Is all comic relief. I didn't laugh at all. And character building. Is it? I didn't care about anybody. Okay, so we haven't really mentioned uh, Billy Bob Thornton's NASA administrator here. Truman, mm-hmm. who is basically in charge of this clusterfuck and is right now rounding up all these people to, to save the planet. Yeah, that's all there really is to say about him. Something happened to his leg, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he had polio or something, we I don't know. Talk, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. He just got a close-up of the leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he... That was the character, apparently, that uh, got sacrificed to the Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler love story, apparently. There was more... Okay, see, I would be pissed off if I were Billy Truman. Bob Thorman. Yeah. Th- mm-hmm. Thurman. Th- what the fuck is his name? <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> because he is actually a good actor. He is. Yeah. And I would rather spend more time with him and his story than no, we had to, we had Liv to Tyler for, uh... getting a fucking yeast infection from animal crackers <laughs> being shoved down her panties. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> I just, if I had to choose, 
Um, yeah, so we don't learn a whole lot about him. <laughs> um, he obviously is, you know, the guy leading the team that actually wants to be up in the spaceship but can't because something happened to his leg that we never find out. And is willing to bet it all on this ragtag team of <laughs> fucking just, I don't just trolls. Because, and again, these are the astronauts. They are, you know, scientists and college educated. Mm-hmm. And they've been training for 10 years mm-hmm. to go up in space. But they just don't know jack about drilling. Yeah. Except it's just dr- like just <laughs> drill. You can just train them on drilling. That would probably be good. Or... Force Bruce Willis to go up there with the team that you've trained and be like, make it work with this fucking team of astronauts. Yeah, no, no, you got to bring. He's got to. He's got to bring all his own guys because mm-hmm. they're all specialists in doing things that we don't actually see no. any of them do in the movie. What did Owen? What What was Owen Wilson's? He had job? like some sort of. Yeah, we don't know. He had like science <laughs> knowledge or some sort. I don't know. Like it was just. I don't know what anybody's special set of skills was, quite frankly, other than Buscemi, who was apparently a genius slash pedophile. There kept there was just, just running joke of him being like, "Oh, is she of age?" It's like, eh, yeah. if you got to ask that question, you've probably that's hysterical done some shit that you should not have done. So yeah. On on the commentary, Ben Affleck says that he asked Michael Bay why it was easier to train these guys to be astronauts than it would be to just train the astronauts to to drill a hole mm-hmm. in the, to basically point the machine at the ground and drill turn it on. Yeah. And Michael Bay told him to shut the fuck up. And yeah. that was the end of that argument. Yeah. Shut your pretty little mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do the thinking in these parts. Exactly. So then we meet the team. Uh, we meet uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Mm-hmm. Who is on his motorcycle Bear. just speeding away from <laughs> at least a dozen cop cars and FBI cars and helicopters, I believe. Yeah, it's basically, it's like the end of Thelma and Louise yeah. where it's, you know, every cop in the state is chasing mm-hmm. him yeah. down this highway for some reason. Well, they're trying to round him up for this Right, but the other Mission. people that the FBI agents just show up at their house and just kind of like ask, you know, say, "Hey, will yeah. you come with us?" Yeah, uh, there's some some weird shit going on in this little montage here. Yeah, Max, who I say this as it's his, really his only distinguishing characteristic, is the fat one. Well, they do ask about a weight allowance. Yes. in the shuttle. That's what I'm saying. So, in terms of how Max's character was described, he was the fat one. Yeah. Yeah. So he is, we meet, we see him in a tattoo parlor, getting a getting tattoo, a tattoo of, you know, mama or yeah. something on his arm. Then I'm just, I'm trying to imagine when they wrote this scene, how it came about. Okay. So we got this guy who's in a tattoo parlor. Uh-huh. Is that enough? No. We're going to have his actual mother there. Yes. Just sort of wandering in and then acting surprised to see that he's getting a tattoo that says mama. He's like, she's like, oh, Maxie, how nice. Well, because it was a gift for her. Right. But why is she there? I don't know. Maybe it's attached to their house. I don't and know then that. she's bringing donuts. She's got a box of donuts because she thought he needed a snack during his tattoo. Yes. Because she probably knew he was going to get a tattoo. She didn't know that it was going to be a tattoo in honor of her. So that was a surprise. And so he was bringing donuts to the tattoo. She was bringing donuts to the tattoo parlor. Who does her. that? I don't. Middle America, apparently. <laughs> And then the FBI show And up. then the FBI show up at the tattoo parlor because yeah. somehow they knew Maxie, Max are you in trouble? At the tattoo parlor. No, Maxie's <laughs> just, not I don't. Maxie's going to space. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, and then okay. we go find Hound. Is uh, Hound next? Rock Hound. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. Who is, again, a pedophile, apparently? Sure. Mm-hmm. 
he's I I get his character in this mixed up with his character in Con Air. In he does he have some creepy child's weird things yes. there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. he does. It's basically the same character, and isn't supposed to be. Like this guy <laughs> is not supposed to be a serial killing pederast, but well, he just pederast without the killing. Apparently. Yeah, okay. And then uh, we get Owen Wilson Chick, on his horseback. Right, Owen Wilson on horseback. That's all. That's his that's entire really character. Yeah. And then Chick, who's sort of the second in command mm-hmm. guy, who apparently had a bad breakup with uh, yeah. April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And <laughs> oh, is that who that is? That's who that is. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so then, you're bringing generational knowledge to this that yeah. I don't have at my fingertips. Uh, and they have a son. That's why we do this. Is it? Yeah. Because I'd rather not. <laughs> Uh, and she, they have a son he's not allowed to see for some reason, which mm-hmm. speaks to abuse of some sort. I mean, at the very least, that's usually more than just divorce a, shit, right? Though. Like, because that sounds like oh, you you are. A so toxic then later person. in the movie, where she's all like, "That's your oh, daddy," that's your daddy. And exactly. Like, like, yeah, no, I'm, that reconciliation I'm, is I'm, I'm is confused. questionable. I'm a little confused. Like, yeah, he stepped his game up, but he's also well, no, he didn't. He just went. But that, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like there is you do have to respect that. That takes a level of courage, but he's not actually an astronaut now he's gonna go back to what he was doing so is that all of them uh, oh and then the random dude who the random dude who is the first to die and he, he might as well yeah, have that know. tattooed yeah. on his forehead because he doesn't get okay. rounded up okay we barely learn his name yeah and then he is killed off pretty quickly once we get to the asteroid yeah and then we get the lovely montage of the crew going through a uh, truncated version of training and, and yeah, medical Yeah, it's basically review. the training sequences from the right... Oh, you haven't seen the right stuff either. We'll have to put no. that on the list. But yes, it's basically the tr- sequences from the right stuff. Yeah. yeah. And NASA has some weird-ass... Animas and shit. And, yeah. Padded rooms. Like, I don't know why the rooms are spiky. <laughs> it's very aggressive. I'm not it, quite it sure very why that's necessary. But okay. They don't need to be spiked. But spikes. you know, no, they're very scary looking. Right. Yes. That's what I don't know. Why are these spikes? <laughs> It's weird. Yeah, Will Patton actually says this might be the most uncomfortable room it's I've ever been in room. in my life. If you don't go crazy in that room, something's actually wrong with you because it's very weird. Very odd. I actually like those scenes. And you can tell they were pretty much completely improvised. Just improvised, yeah. 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 I mean, they did little Warshack tests and yeah. all of them are obviously unfit for service of any kind. Michael Clark Duncan has his little breakdown. His little crying, there. I just need a hug sort of moment, <laughs> which was cute. That probably is maybe the best part of the film, yeah. is that mm-hmm. just little montage of them being ridiculous. But yes, the United States government has just asked them to save the world. Anyone want to say no? Hoorah! <laughs> ridiculous. Throughout this movie, there's a strange number of giant American flags in the so background. There are so many fucking For when flags. someone has to make a little speech like that. So many fl- <laughs> While asking, actually demanding that they not have to pay taxes anymore. <laughs> Ever like, again. Is, what? The shit! What? This is... I I don't mean to sound... Pat- yes, I do. I do mean to sound patronizing when I say this. This is very much a red state it is. dream it of is. a movie. Right down to the, we don't ever have to pay taxes. Blue collar, redneck men are going to save the world and never have to pay taxes, to pay again. taxes again. Even though that's because what helps the U.S. government NASA. is inefficient and useless mm-hmm. and the eggheads mm-hmm. are dumb. Yeah. And only these roughnecks know what they're doing. Yeah. That's yeah. A problem. So like I said, I think basically you were the Not at you all. were the target audience for this movie. That's why I knew it would be a good fit. For that you. Just no. You can't be patriotic and also not want to pay taxes. Like, that just doesn't... That's the whole fuck... It was all founded well, on they, that shit. They're going to save the planet, okay? So they've done their bit. Ha- no! Because... <laughs> 
Because we're going to go start going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, okay. Then, okay, none of the military should have to pay taxes because they put their lives on the line to go fight for, quote unquote, this country. Quite, and the right yeah. <laughs> so you can't have it both ways. We worked for nonprofits. Can we never pay taxes again? Well, my family thinks I don't get paid. <laughs> right. So we shouldn't I just have to pay taxes. work for free. You right. work for nonprofits, so you just don't yeah. make money. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just work for free because I don't live in capitalism like you do. Okay, we got to pick up the pace here. We are just, and there's so much so to talk about. We're just dwelling ridiculous. on so much stuff here. Why was Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler making out in like the fucking. The tailpiece of, of a, a rocket. Like, one, I don't think you like can hang out in those places. No, I wouldn't think so. I would think those were cordoned off. Do you not have a bedroom? It's just ridiculous. And uh, then. Is ben, NASA not putting you in a hotel? Uh, Bruce Willis is watching them make out in this moment. <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, NASA, by the way, a lot of this was these were real NASA facilities because NASA was was willing to cooperate in this movie. They thought that would be good for But for was NASA's this a good, a good advertisement for NASA? To me, it's a good advertisement for oil diggers. <laughs> there, uh, there's an argument to be made that NASA did not come out of this looking This wasn't, oh yeah, good. go to MIT and get a PhD. And, like, nope, that no, wasn't the is, message here. <laughs> right. Go work at a gas station. Yeah. And we'll call you <laughs> when it's time to save the world. So... I don't think that's an effective message. So then, what do we have? I don't know. Okay, so let's skip some stuff here. So we got the whole training sequence. We got the establishment of the conflict between AJ and Bruce Willis. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Nobody really gives a shit. We all know how that's going to pan out. Mm -hmm. The stress builds up, so they need a night off. So they give them a night off, and they go party and pick up strippers. And Steve Buscemi takes out a huge loan because he expects to die. He thinks the world's going to end, so might as well party it up. Uh, And then we have the most romantic scene, possibly, certainly of the late 20th century, I think, you know, arguably in all of cinematic history. What scene is that? I didn't see that. The romantic scene. What scene are we talking about? The Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, Aerosmith song. The Animal Crackers? Animal Crackers on the boobs. The weirdly sexualized ad for Animal Crackers? (laughs) I am in general anti-food in... In any kind of sexual way. In any kind of sexual way, because there's just... It's cute for like a second, and then mm. it's just messy and just... It's messy and yeast infection. Yeast infection. And, and, mm, and you're yeah. parading animal crackers down to her, her panties. Yeah. It's worse than that. He's narrating it like it's a like it's a nature documentary. Like it's a nature documentary. Like we're going to go north to the ample sustenance of the yes. hills, etc. South to the fertile whatever. I don't know. It's just, It's gross. <laughs> So what I'm saying is, I would not personally find that romantic. Yeah. Now, this is a foreplay. And then I would get up and say, this was a terrible mistake. Hope you die. And Not that concerned whether you come back. Immediately. From the asteroid. And go talk to my girlfriends about what the hell was going on in my brain that I thought that person was at all a potential partner. And then she asks. Oh, my. Yeah. Anybody else is doing this right now? No one else oh, no. is engaged in no. sex play no with animal crackers. No one else has animal crackers in their panties right no. now. No. No uh-uh. one else is doing that because it's odd. The odds are very low. It's weird. <laughs> nope. But uh, but how does he respond? He says, I hope so, or else what the hell are we fighting to save? Exactly. So this is where I say, let the shit burn. If this is what we're saving, burn it all. There's no hope. We don't get better. We get worse. (laughs) So let's just, it's a wrap. Just wrap it up because no. Species have a natural life cycle. And I I think that's, maybe this was our time. The nadir there of just like, oh, we're, we're, we're dancing animal crackers. It's Liv Tyler. (laughs) 
And it's weird that she's like having a sex scene while her dad is singing. It's just. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. Yes. Yeah. Like it's That's odd. A odd. It's just there are layers to it that I'm uncomfortable with. <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> this film has just some weird imagery of America. Like even that where they were like, where the fuck were they? It was just out it was in like a field, but it was like a farm or something. Yeah. It was really weird. But even when the president is giving what is to me a very terrible address to the country. Like, yeah. That's this is yeah. Armageddon. It's like, that's mm, nope, not supposed to say that. Uh. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's all those. And I said like a long distance commercial, which dates me. Cause I guess we don't have long distance commercials no, anymore. Have those anymore. That's all those scenes of Americana. Yeah. But they're from all like, like seemingly, the 40s. Yeah, exactly. It's like white kids playing and like little that's just like they've got like little go-karts and they're practically running down the street with a hoop and a it stick is. it's very norman <laughs> rockwell it and it's all flags it's and these like slow saturated super color. yeah mm-hmm. and i'm just like what whose america is this <laughs> what are we trying to save like these this is obviously the only america that counts yeah. there's like one hyper conscious picture of a black kid in the city right. standing there. like listening to but radio. the rest of it is all, all super white everybody lives on a farm, America farm like that's all that America yep. is. And then you have scenes of like, this is France or this is some just like. With the most cliched. Right. Like, like you the. Know, I just, got a beret and a bag Right. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is this? So it's just. I, and then you know. also just wrong, as people have pointed out. There's the scenes of people praying at the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. The Taj Mahal is a Muslim mausoleum. People right. don't pray there. It's not a church. No, it's not a church. And the people in the crowds seen praying there are Hindu and Sikh. Right. Which is just not completely wrong. <laughs> but again, it's like fire in space. It's like, oh, nobody knows that. Except it's that just... it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this film. <laughs> And then we get shit blow up. We we can't skip over all the blowing up of shit. Yeah, there's a lot of blowing uh, so up. So Shanghai blows yeah. the fuck up. Which I feel like things have been blowing up, and apparently it hasn't really risen to the level of global consciousness. Like New York blew up, but people weren't really talking about it, and we were still well, able. Apparently to, they just thought that was like a random meteor shower. Keep this shower. under wraps. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like a, I feel like everybody would be freaking the fuck out, mm-hmm. but apparently not. And then Shanghai happens, and there's a little bit of a freak out. And then apparently then it goes public. That's when it's just the asteroid goes public, and it gets like a text message. We're live now republic <laughs> nobody runs in isn't that when you should run in and be like hey shit's out the bag everybody yeah. knows it's a comet or uh-huh. i mean a meteor fucking asteroid whatever the fuck see i'm dumber now <laughs> you think the movie made you i think dumber? i'm dumber you think now. it actually killed I brain think cells it actually killed brain cells yeah. and that's a problem no it's not a problem it is because then you know 20 years of this you will start to really enjoy these movies no i won't then you will go see transformers 5 I don't want to see Transformers 5. Let me tell you, I saw whatever the last Transformers movie was. It was the first Transformers movie I ever saw. I think Michael Bay's now made four or five of those. This is Citizen Kane compared to those Transformers well, that's movies. Like, this is just high art compared to those Transformers well, movies and, like, that make a billion dollars each. This asteroid must hate elites as well because... It is hyper-focused on big international cities. So it's New York. Mm-hmm. It's Paris. Yeah, they people it's love Shanghai. people in these sort of movies love to screw with the French. There's nothing the people who make these movies like more than just wiping Paris off the map. But if this it America seems to happen in every one of these movies, is the America that you're trying to portray of like it's all farmland and yeah. cute little white kids running around with their wagons? Then how come their ass ain't getting blown up? Because <laughs> fuck the French. That's why. Okay. Fuck those coastal elites. Anyway, so we go to space. <laughs> so we go to space. 
Uh, we have a little uh, sing-along before we go to space. I don't want to talk about that. Yes, you do. No, I you don't. You know you do. I really don't. Blavin on a jet plane. Terrible. <laughs> Horrible. I thought that was the moment I would lose you completely. It's fucking unprovoked. Like, why would you even allow it? You're about to go to space. We don't have time for you to sit here to sing poorly to your fiance. And everybody stops and joins in. You're about to go to space. There is an asteroid hurtling towards Earth. But we got time for a little musical interlude. Yeah. No. Because otherwise, what the hell are we even trying to say? Exactly. And I keep answering that question as, there's nothing. You're absolutely right. Everybody go back home. We're just going to ride this out. It's over unacceptable so yeah then we're then we're in space and this is for a movie that is two and a half hours long it really does feel like there's a whole lot of padding in this movie well because it's like murphy's law all over the like every possible thing that can go wrong (laughs) they can't even just go get gas that's the thing i had completely forgotten about the russian space station segment in this movie that is so completely unnecessary. It's ridiculous. And then it's just like an hour and a half of just explosions for the rest of it. It's ridiculous. And it, the explo- it has nothing to do with the asteroid no. or the meteor shower no. or anything. It's just randomly like a gas the space station explodes yeah, uh, yeah. when they stop to get gas there. Which, why they're stopping to get gas there literally 30 seconds after they took off. Wouldn't they be yeah. fully fueled? No, they need more fuel. Because the rockets got them that far. Mm-hmm. The shuttles could have been fueled, it seems to me. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. No. I'm not a... And neither was anyone involved in this production. (laughs) And not a flattering uh, picture of the Russian space program here either. No. Although I did read that apparently the the treatment of the Russian space station, it was the Mir space station, though it's not called that in the movie, uh, was not completely inaccurate. (laughs) Apparently people who went there said the walls were moldy (laughs) and just smelled bad. Yeah. And that the cosmonauts were kind of squirrely because they'd been there too long. But yeah, not... Not flattering. That guy... But he ends up, like, saving the day. Yeah, because he beats on shit with a wrench. This is how we do it in the Russian space program. All made in Korea. (laughs) What the shit? What is going on? This is bad. But really, I think it's just that nothing had blown up for seven minutes, so we had to blow up (laughs) the Russian space station. Because, God forbid, we have, like, narrative, (laughs) character arc, anything. We get a lot of fire in space during that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we're heading towards the comet. Yeah. Asteroid, whatever the hell it is. Sure. <laughs> Dotty. Which just seems like a bad plan because there's a lot of fucking detritus flying around. Yeah, the plan was that the detritus would be cleared by yeah. the moon's gravity. Except that it, it wasn't. Doesn't, it doesn't seem to have been cleared. The notion of gravity in this film is a fucking really joke. Quickly. Like, it's just... Yes, so independence or freedom, I don't even remember which one there's takes two, the There's hit. two shuttles. Yes, I know, but one of them goes down, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, so the, the, there's the Bruce Willis shuttle and the Ben Affleck shuttle. Right. The Ben Affleck shuttle goes down. Yeah. Uh, that's when, I guess, Owen Wilson dies. I guess. No idea. Is that when the rando dude dies, too? I don't even no, remember. No idea, okay. because that was not a clear sequence. <laughs> It was just rocks flying at the screen. No idea. So who do we got? We got Ben Affleck, Michael Clark Duncan. The cosmonaut. And the cosmonaut, or the survivors of that rack, right? Is that everybody? Yes. Do they have a random NASA person with them, though? I mean, originally they do, but I think they all die in the crash. There's pilots. Unclear. Okay. Uh, Sure. I don't know. All right. Yeah. And then everybody else. And then the other shuttle manages to actually land on the big death Far from where they were supposed to land, Asteroid of death, yes. Landed on some iron plate that is nearly impossible to drill through. Of course. Because everything that can go wrong (laughs) will go wrong. All of this very scientific shit is not working out. No. All chance. No. Uh, Yeah, the third act of this movie is not great, I think. Neither is the first or second. (laughs) 
but okay. Because the, then we just we got the drilling. We're trying to drill. We can't drill. It's not working. The drilling. It's is a lot of working. back and forth with the drill. Blah 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 blah. The head NASA dude, the ast- the actual astronaut, mm-hmm. is getting pissier and pissier. Uh, you know, at the point where it looks like they failed, he says, "You and your men are the biggest mistake in the history of NASA." Which to me feels like at that moment, if you think the world has now ended because of these guys, it feels like you're underselling it there. Biggest mistake in the history of NASA? I mean, isn't it then, like, biggest mistake in the history of Humanity. the human race? Sure. I guess I feel like it's that's something to say when specific. we're still on the ground. That's when you raise your hand in the meeting and you go, you know what? I don't feel good about this. <laughs> I'm the commander of this mission. I don't think they're I qualified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd, so, I'd really rather take I real astronauts sure and that in whatever teach them how to use the, the drill. Official record that remains after our extin- extinction is noted that I said this is a terrible <laughs> idea. Well, he did say, talk about the wrong stuff when he first saw them. Yeah. So. But that's just a bitchy aside. That's not filing an <laughs> official complaint. Uh, okay, so I, this is where I think it just gets dumb, dumb to talk about. Uh, we got the whole the thing with the nuke. So the drilling is taking too long. So they right. realize that they need to remote detonate the nuke from Earth. Right, which isn't going to work, but. They're going to try to do it anyway. And then you get the ridiculous, like, 80,000 troops coming in, holding one briefcase <laughs> with the new codes and everything. And it's a big dramatic to-do. And you get what has to be the most dramatic handing over of a key I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I have in my notes that you laughed when the key it's exchanged. All like, he takes the thing. This is, uh, this is the key to turn on turn the nuclear, on the nuclear <laughs> weapon. <laughs> Back in the and NASA it's in offices. slow motion, yeah. and you just see the key, and it's a it's a very just <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so silly. It's just like you're just gonna over dramatize every possible. But that's thing. what we were talking about before. Is that's the Michael Bay style? It's, is like every single moment is for the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. including the handing over of a key. And then apparently there's a, a thing called space dementia. Oh, yes. Yeah. Steve Buscemi is, is suffering from space dementia. Not a thing. <laughs> space dementia is not I mean, it, it, it may be a thing, but... Nobody's calling it space dementia. He's like, oh, he's losing his fucking mind. Uh-huh. He's yeah. going space crazy, maybe. But space dementia. Which manifests itself in part by his climbing on top of the, you know, vehicle. The the nuke. The arm- no, no. Yeah, he, he does that, too. Mm-hmm. But then he gets on the, the armadillo, yeah. the vehicle, and starts firing the machine gun. Which, why does it that have was a my, machine this gun? This was my question for you. Is why do these vehicles this have whole machine scene guns Before we them? leave now. NASA, where they are taking apart the armadillo, and they're like, you have a bunch of extra shit on here that you don't need. So yeah, what's, tr- what's this shovel? But we don't need we this shovel. leave the machine gun mm-hmm. on the armadillo. Are we expecting to run into... Aliens. Monsters on the asteroid? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Now, I do actually have the real answer to this question. Okay. This was also apparently addressed in the commentary track. All right. This is a very helpful commentary Mm -hmm. track. And the answer is because Mattel told Michael Bay that toy trucks with guns on them sell better. I have no response to that. (laughs) No? None? Whatsoever? I'm rooting for the asteroid is what I'm saying at this point. Yep. Okay. So, further. Bring bring it on. Yep. That's fair. That's pretty fucking gross. (laughs) Where where are we now? I don't know, the fucking end, I hope. 
We Okay, so they're trying to remote detonate the nuke from Earth. We have the standoff happening on the asteroid between Bruce Willis and William Fitcher's uh, astronaut guy. Which part? Bruce Willis? No, the where um, Billy Bob Thornton is telling the NASA dude to like well, sh- yeah, shut sure. down the cat. Of course, down. yeah. All these people would go to jail Okay, I, just, I was just uh-huh. checking. Okay. Including the poor guy that Billy Bob Thornton told to cancel the right. uplink. Right. That guy's absolutely going to jail. We should, we should probably talk about, and I have never seen this in a movie before, the moment where they're trying to defuse the bomb. Here's the they- deal. Because <laughs> this pissed me off. That dude's whole purpose, that was a NASA bomb. So it wasn't like yeah. this is a, terror- <laughs> a terrorist bomb that we have no idea how it's been put together. <laughs> right. We do not know how to dismantle yeah, no, it. He, he theoretically should have a manual he on this bomb. should know how mm-hmm. to, and he's like, red, oh, blue. Like, no, no, <laughs> this is your whole job was to know how to manage this fucking nuclear weapon. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, he doesn't. Right. Because I think people want that bomb defusing scene. They expect that in a movie like this. And they expect I would that actually it, prefer it's going to be down to the last second. I prefer it that would you're be. just barely going to be. I would prefer to not to have the bomb, to like how many. Even if it doesn't make any logical sense. Is it interesting to see somebody go red, blue, red, no red wire, no <laughs> blue wire. It's a button that the audience expects to have pressed and they're going to be disappointed. See, I would actually be Bay happier if somebody was like, you know what? I know exactly what this is. I'm just going to pull this thing and there's no questions <laughs> asked because what? I've trained for this. So, because that would be a refreshing surprise Mm -hmm. in a film to have someone know what the fuck they're doing (laughs) yeah and again this film has some weird like digital clock fetish that i just do not i just (laughs) jesus so many so many countdowns Oh, speaking of this space dementia thing, uh-huh. there is a moment I particularly love in this, and it's it's a blink and you miss it kind of moment. Okay. But when Steve Buscemi, I think it's when he's going crazy and is talking about, hey, we have a great view of the end of the world. The end of the world. Mm-hmm. He lowers his sunglasses. Yes. To take a look at the Earth. It seems like it's built into the helmet. Mm-hmm. How the fuck yeah. does he lower his sunglasses? He has yeah. a helmet on. I think it's like a button or something. Is my guess. Here's what here's what happened. He. I'm sorry. Here, he has the. Here is what happened. Uh huh. Michael Bay got to NASA and he said, "Hey, show me the uh, the the spacesuits." And they show him the spacesuits, and these are the spacesuits we've been using, sir. And their regulation. <laughs> mm-hmm. this, this is an actual spacesuit. And Michael Bay says, "Not cool enough." <laughs> They need built-in sunglasses. can do better. <laughs> can you make it so that there's some sort of mechanism where somebody can press a button and the, the shades will come down in the actual space helmet? The douchiest shades you could possibly think of. I yes, mean, in most can. of those, you you see that, like, okay, the helmet itself maybe like can, a visor can, has, like a, has sure. a sunscreen, nope. no. sun shield. No, these are some kind. These are super douchey, tiny little sunglasses. On the, like, that boardwalk with the neon yellow beach shorts. These are these guys' sunglasses. And yes, we absolutely paid the money to install them. We absolutely took in whatever additional sort of weight allowance needed to be made so that you could have cool ass shades in your spacesuit. Fuck efficiency. <laughs> Fuck the suit should only be what you absolutely need. No, no. 
I actually do know for a fact that what you just described is is how the NASA control room got built. Because apparently they showed him the real NASA control room and he said it was not sexy enough. Should it be sexy? I didn't find it sexy still. So they built one that was super sexy and had the giant Skype screens and stuff Uh, that you could, you know, Mm -hmm. increase the the dramatic tension on. Because the real one was not sexy enough. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so some yeah, somewhere in here we get Paris destroyed. I've Mm -hmm. got that in my notes here. That was a bummer. Yeah, Rockhound's going crazy. We're drilling, we're drilling, we're drilling. Oh, AJ has to jump the Grand Canyon in his in his armadillo. We mm-hmm. got that scene. Yep. Anything to say about that? Gravity. <laughs> There's no gravity on the asteroid except <laughs> when there is gravity on the asteroid. When we need gravity. Which is, I guess, most of the time there actually is gravity on the asteroid. To be on the asteroid. But in that scene. Right, we didn't want it. With the two-ton machine. Because we needed it, it to float. It, it can float. Because physics. No. Science. No. Mr. Wizard. No. Neil deGrasse Tyson had no problem with this movie, I'm sure. I'm sure he tweeted a very angry (laughs) diatribe because he is known for dismantling all kinds of false narratives. Okay, finally we get the fucking hole drilled. Yeah. Into the, oh, well, because AJ finally shows the, up and saves the day. Into with, the, f- I meant to mention the feminized asteroid. The asteroid is a she. Have you noticed? Oh, I didn't Well, even we named that. her Dottie, and then I believe at one point Bruce Willis said something like, let's chew this bitch up or something like That's that. That's lovely. Let's, yeah, okay. So anyway, we get the we get the hole Well, hurricanes drilled. are women. We are apparently very powerful forces. Yeah. You are. Unless we want to get paid very equally. Very scared of you. Or run for office or <laughs> any of those things. But then, oh, you said timer, the mm-hmm. clocks. The clock thing is is broken yep. on the bomb. So we can't, fix, yeah, I can't, can't we do, can't do that. Got to do manual. Yeah. Somebody's got to stay behind <laughs> and blow it. Because the combined brilliance of NASA cannot rig up uh, a clock or a transmitter or anything. So somebody's got to stay behind. We draw straws. Which, from where? Where the straws come They're from? They're like multicolored straws. Where did these straws come from? <laughs> I think they were wires. I think they just, so you just they were pieces of wire. cut fucking wires off of a spaceship? <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So we draw straws. AJ draws a short straw. Yeah. Ben Affleck's got to stay behind and blow up the bomb. Which I was fine with. But uh-huh. Bruce doesn't want Grace to not have her <laughs> shitty fiance. So mm-hmm. he pretends as if he's just going to be walking AJ down <laughs> to the to the meteor, the asteroid. In, in, another, in another surprising scene I have never seen before in this kind of movie. No. Psych. I'm going to do it and yeah. sacrifice myself. But he does it by cutting off AJ's air supply and then sort of shoving him back into the, the like, the lift or whatever the hell which is like i feel like there was a less terrifying way to do that but <laughs> it would have been funny if AJ just died just like from jesus that. is that something you really want to fuck around with but all right <laughs> so it's all like mm, take care of my daughter thing and i've always thought of you as a son and it's really just disgusting and again that was that was a pretty amazing dramatic rendition you just did of that a scene. lot of stuff to do and very little time to do it in so do we need to have these moments <laughs> The shuttle really needs to get off we the asteroid really before we blow it up. So yeah, it's not, there's, not really, there's time not really time to have this little moment. Do all of this now. Mm-hmm. And then again, he has to call home and, and Skype with Grace yes, before he dies, too. that's also super important. It's a terrible film. I, I saw you getting all, all teary. You saw did, you getting all welled up. You didn't I see did. anything of, of the kind. Yeah. And you know you didn't. <laughs> 
And uh, anything, anything else here? I don't no, know. I just, I mean, uh, it drags on forever. Like he, then the thing cracks open and he falls, and he can't quite detonate it in time. And so then they're debating on the shuttle: should we go back and detonate yeah. it? Which, like, no. Of oh, we did. We skipped some dead people here too. I, mean, I don't because it doesn't matter. Fat Max got blown into space. Is all because it should happen to you in here matters. somewhere. But yeah. So then, yes, the last moment he manages to blows it, and then we get some weird, like I don't know what the fuck, like the little flashes montage, of memories flashes, yeah. of Grace growing up, and then the two of them sort of interplay. Posed over each other. It was a very odd. With her wedding and the yeah, future, the past and the future coming all together. Coming together and, and it was just like mm-hmm. it's very artsy. Again, it was very, it was very artsy. Except that's not because that's not his lane, and so he just should have done it because <laughs> it was just weird. It was sort of Terrence Malicky. It was very Terrence Malicky, and you are not. <laughs> if sir, Terrence Malick was fucking dumb. <laughs> had space dementia. Okay, <laughs> is that it? That's it. Uh, that is, in fact, the end of the movie. Yes, I believe. How'd you, how'd you enjoy it? I, 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 I haven't been able to tell through this I, conversation. I, did enjoy it. I think it is an insult to every person on the planet, even the quote unquote middle America that it is trying to appeal to, <laughs> because it's basically saying you're dumb and you're gonna take whatever we give you. But but apparently that's true. And it made half a billion dollars. You know, no people of color or no one living in a city is apparently included in the idea of America at all because we weren't really shown in the same light. We just they just blew the fuck up out of New York mm-hmm. and then everything else was sort of farmland. Yeah. The the America we want to preserve is right. is that yes. you know Kansas sort of area kind mm-hmm. of so patriotism without the tax paying and <laughs> Uh, just cliches all over the place and mm-hmm. all kinds of cultural ignorance happening. And I, yeah, no, I was not a fan. But it's also just as a woman, that film is not kind to women. Uh, Liv Tyler well, has very little to do other than mope and pout and cry for most of it. Is there, are there other women in the The movie? dude, the, the, the astronomer's angry wife who's yelling at him about yes, a fucking pot a pie or evil something. Evil heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And then you have... Strippers. There's some strippers. You have the strippers. Um, you have the woman who's on the spaceship with them. Oh, that's right. There is one female astronaut. Doesn't really get a whole lot to do. No, and in the and end, when she's supposed to, Which could have been her moment to save the day. It ends up being the cosmonaut saying, no, just hit it with this stick and it'll work. Yes, it that's right. Pushes her out of the way. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, the asteroid is a woman. So it's just like, just even on that level, nope. Well, again, I don't know that it's really... That's really the audience... Uh, well, but, okay, so, but then it goes back to fact, this idea of, like... Get, here, here's a quote. This is uh, Francis McDormand, who worked with Michael Bay on one of the Transformers movies. Francis McDormand was in a Transformers movie? Yeah, unfortunately, movie? yes. Really? And she said, and whether this is a compliment or a criticism, I'm not really sure. We'd have to ask her. Michael Bay has a main line to the testosterone glands of the American male. I feel like she might have meant that as sort of a backhanded you insult. Yeah, she's also... Problematic, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she may have actually meant that as a compliment. Uh, and that, I guess that's fine. I mean, everybody has to have their thing. And I guess this is his thing. I just find it dangerous and borderline propaganda when we... Films like this have very narrow ideas of America and what it means to be American. And it's very white. It is very male. It is very anti-intellect. And it is an idea of masculinity that, when taken to its furthest point, is very dangerous, right? So I just, yeah, no. And so you add on top of that lack of character, lack of any kind of real story, not, not a whole lot of 
artistry, quote unquote, that I can discern. And it's like, well, what is this adding? Yeah, I agree with all of that. Here's a quote from Sandy Rankadua at BuzzFeed writing about this film. Armageddon was a feel-good movie about regular guys saving the world, and it validated a fantasy, one that pervades and perhaps helped decide the last U.S. presidential election, that the men of middle America know better than establishment elites. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is that danger you were just talking about. That, but then it's also the danger of violence. Like, that becomes violence pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. because that is what you are elevating. So... And I'm not, this is not like, oh, movies make us into bad people or make cause mass shootings or anything. Like, absolutely not. Right. I am saying it's hard for me to be sitting in the place that I am right now watching these types of films and being able to do what Michael Bay obviously wants us to do, which is just sort of sit back and enjoy this as a summer popcorn film when it is celebrating what I think is some of the more toxic undercurrents of our culture. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard for me to make that separation as a viewer. I don't think we should ever separate these things. I mean, I have, there are people saying we should make that separation about the new Tarantino movie, too, mm-hmm. and I don't think we should. There are there are no neutral films. Right. They're, they're all saying something one way or the other. Yes. And we should not ignore what they're saying just right. because someone says, oh, it's just a movie. Right. Or, oh, it's just a popcorn movie. Right. So, yeah, so I don't think that they're catalysts in that way, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I do think they are, obviously... A record of our values at the time. And so it's less about, oh, we need to examine our films. And it's more about we need to maybe examine our values. Because that shit doesn't just come out of the, like, Michael Bay didn't come up with, you know, the white working class male hero archetype. Right. Right. But he understands it to be a sort of rich vein, right? Running yeah, no, it's something he can profit <laughs> right. on. So, you know, Trump didn't invent it either. Exactly. He, <laughs> you know, you tap into something right. that's there. Um, and so I guess I'm just, it's, I, I don't enjoy that as entertainment. And again, we're in a very different place than we are than we were in 1998. Yeah. But it's also just, you can't have fire in space. <laughs> you just can't. It's a problem for me. <laughs> Any final thoughts about Armageddon? No. <laughs> no final thoughts. Rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> he lived. He died in real life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved better. I was so surprised he lived through the movie. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yes. <laughs> the black man survived. All right. So basically your opinion is bring on the asteroid. Yes. Okay. That's fair. That's basically where I am at this point in my life, is bring on the asteroid. That's our show. We want to thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next week as Nikki and I sit down for her first viewing of George Roy Hill's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid which is celebrating its 50th anniversary this fall. If, like Nakia, you haven't seen it, and if, unlike Nakia, you want to, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is available for streaming rental on Amazon, iTunes, and most of the other major services. In the meantime, you can find us on the web at unaffiliatedcritic.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast, download earlier episodes, find our contact and social media links, or make a donation to support our work. As always, we encourage you to leave a comment on the show or suggest a film Nakia desperately needs to see to make her life complete. Until next time, remember, true love means subjecting your partner to movies they really, really don't want to watch. You, you are the person who defends the career of Keanu Reeves. Do How who, dare you? At least Affleck can speak English. 
as can Keanu and can convey more saying less than Ben Affleck can speaking in a whole film. Keanu has depth. Okay. I'm, he has I'm presence. Not, I'm not a Ben Affleck fan. I'm just saying I think you're I feel like you're splitting hairs. That there. is absolutely not splitting hairs. Ben Affleck is you eat the popsicle, there's the popsicle stick with like the shitty joke on it, and you just throw it away. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> what was that comparison? What like, was that? I'm yeah, sorry. He's just, the popsicle stick with the shitty joke. Yeah, on it? that's just, like he's. It's trying to be something and it isn't. It just isn't funny. It's not. It's just so. Then it's just oh, waste. It's a really random. I, it's. I don't comparison. I do not care for Ben Affleck. Okay. Noted. Understand. Really don't. He's Skeet Ulrich without the like creepy, interesting part. <laughs> he's just the, like wait, it's just. I'm wait. I'm just, just curious. On a scale of one to ten, how interesting would you say Skeet Ulrich is? Skeet Ulrich is actually a, a, an interesting actor. There's a weirdness to him, a little bit of a darkness to him. What? Um, whereas Ben Affleck is like, you strip all of that away. Okay, this is a tangent, but so Scream and The Craft. That's <laughs> Where else are we going with Skeet Ulrich? I think he's done Did, other things. Has he worked since then? I think he has. I have not seen it, but I think he has. I always thought he was sort of grade Z. Johnny Depp replacement. I think he's he's sort of that too. Still more interesting than Ben Affleck to me. Okay. I would have rather Skeet Ulrich. Somehow Ben has movie. a better career than than Skeet. You know, has had. I can't explain the unexplainable. <laughs> Apparently not. But, you know that silly dough that they used to sell that you could like press on a newspaper. Silly putty. Silly putty. Yeah. Ben Affleck is the dough, and you try to press, but it doesn't work. Like, the transfer doesn't happen, or so, it happens... Just like real silly putty. Exactly. It was always disappointing. Just, just yeah. like, well, what the fuck is the it purpose of this? It never worked like it was supposed I'm to. I'm trying to mold you into something, and you're just Okay, a that, pile. that's a better comparison than I whatever just, the hell that I think all of these are apt. that you said I think all ago. of these are apt. I do not enjoy Ben Affleck. Yeah, you know, we got that. Noted. At all. Okay. I don't understand. 